The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. Current studies suggest that 2 to 3% of the population has a homosexual orientation. But one study suggests that 40% of homeless teenagers are gay. They say the main reason is because they've been rejected by their families. It's often noted that Jesus never mentioned homosexuality, and people often assume by that that if Jesus didn't mention it, he must be fine with it, and if Jesus is fine with it, the church should be fine with it as well. But although Jesus doesn't mention homosexuality, he's not neutral when it comes to sexual behavior. Jesus has some very clear and very challenging things for all of us when it comes to sexual ethics that has very clear implications for an issue like homosexuality. Jesus in Matthew 15 verses 19 and 20 talks about how sexual behavior outside of marriage is a sin. Um, He lists sexual immorality, which is the the translation of the Greek word porneia, a word that encompasses all sexual behavior outside of marriage. Jesus describes that as something that defiles us, that is something that actually typifies why we can't as sinful people draw near to a holy God. So Jesus reaffirms what the, the Bible consistently teaches, that sex is a gift exclusively for marriage. And Jesus goes on to teach in Matthew 19 verses 3 to 6 that marriage is between one man and one woman. The first step in anything is knowing the truth. Knowing the truth about God is what we do in every podcast here on The Truth Barista. The next step is yours in what you do about it. We are The Truth Barista, a production of highbeamministry.com. Welcome to the Airzatz Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M, ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Hey, Amazing Larry. Come on over. I got somebody uh, I want you to meet. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, you're always introducing me to people. And I mean, and I'm not dressed for it. (laughs) Well, you look very good in your food-stained apron there and that towel over your shoulder. Yeah, well, thanks. At least they know you're working. I appear to be so. Are you working hard or hardly working? That's the question. No, I want to introduce you to my friend here. Okay. And Luca and I met when I was working in the coffee kiosk over there on Big Brain University. Oh, yeah, yeah. She lives over in that neighborhood, and she was coming. Coming on past, and and we've struck up a great relationship over the last couple of months. She has got a story I want you to hear because you and I have been talking about this whole thing about you know same sex struggles because sure. it's a huge topic in it, our society yes. today. Yes. Huge. So Larry, come on yes. over. Larry, this is Luca. Luca, this is Larry. Hi, Luca. Hi, Larry. Welcome to the coffee yeah, shop. Pleasure Get, to meet and you. And you got your coffee, or you need something? Or? I have something perfectly oh, great. just fit for me. Thank yep, you. made it special for her. Okay, Luca, why don't you tell Larry, because I know part of your story. I've Mm -hmm. heard some other interviews you've done, too. But I'd like you to talk to Larry about your story. What's your story? Well, I was a sexual molestation survivor in the family. And, you know, it it caused a lot of misbeliefs in my my life, believing that women were victims and boys were going to be abusers. I decided in my subconscious that being a boy would be safer. So I started cross-dressing as a boy and... 
and started to enjoy the way I felt because I felt more powerful as a boy than I did as a girl because I didn't want to be a victim and I saw myself as a victim. And the more I did this, the more I enjoyed it. And so then I continued on in that lifestyle for, well, over 30 years. And and then one day I met a girl, and which I met many, <laughs> And fell in love, and we moved in, and she informed me that I needed to go to church if I was going to live with her, and when I did, I first time I walked in, I met Jesus, and I had a radical encounter with him, and I just felt this presence in me, and that day I went, there was this, somebody prayed for me, and I felt this release in me, like a backpack being taken off of me that I didn't know I was carrying, and then in that, I found freedom and victory, and the Lord started working on my heart, and he just like turned up this love that was so intense, there was no resisting it, it just was overwhelming and all-consuming love and I just wanted more of that and in that love I found I didn't have any interest anymore in my old life. Isn't that awesome? Well, not only awesome, look at that as an incredible story. And you know what's so nice about it, Truth Barista? What? Is, well, it's because so many times people say, well, you're born this way, you'll never change, nothing will ever be different than what it is. And here's an example of somebody who, I mean, simply, and it wasn't simply, I get it, but simply walked into church and felt the presence of God and God changed her. So you can look yeah. back, Luca, and say, God has changed me. Oh my goodness, yes. Okay. I'm not at all the same person. Now, what really struck me with what you just said was the time, the time that elapsed on all this. So when did the abuse happen, just a general age range? No, I was about 10 or 11. I'm 54 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So between 10 and 11 and 54, what are some of those significant mileposts along the way? So you started dressing like a boy through what, junior high, high school or oh, yeah. college? or Yeah, I, I started cross-dressing probably at the age of 14, 15 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were cross-dressing outwardly in clothes, were you ever moving into the transgender process? Yeah, I didn't even know anything about transgender. I didn't even know anything about homosexuality. It wasn't something talked about in our day. And all I know is I had this desire. I was doing it. There was a desire to do it. And I felt safer as a man. So are you talking late 80s, roughly? Yeah. Early 80s, late 70s. Okay, mm-hmm. late 70s, early 80s, okay. Yeah. So did you have anybody who was maybe counseling you during this time, or did you go to anybody for help or insight or adjustment? I mean, how did your family deal with this? Great question. After a while, my family realized something was wrong with me. You know, So they took me to the program in human sexuality at the University of Minnesota. Now, let me pause you for just a second. You do realize that in our culture today, you just said the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You said something was wrong with me mm-hmm. because in our culture today, that's absolutely normal. forbidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is. You should have said they recognize something normal with me, so they decided <laughs> to just take me down this road. Right. But you recognize it now as something that was wrong with you. See, I recognize something was wrong with me. Okay, good. I, I keep, didn't know what. Keep going. University of Minnesota. So they took me to the University of Minnesota, and I had several testing, uh, MMPI, a bunch of other tests. And I went there for quite a while, probably maybe a year or two. And they concluded that I had a gender dysphoria. And I thought, well, what is that? And they said, that's when your chromosomes and your hormones 
were not matched right. So I said, what am I supposed to do with this information? And they said, well, most people in your condition end up killing themselves. Oh, And I nice. said, oh, well, that's nice. Is there anything I can do about it? And they said, yes, you can have sexual assessment, have a sex change. And I thought, that's perfect because I hate my body anyway. I mean, I felt completely rejected by my body. I didn't like it. I didn't want anything to do with it. So the truth is I, I didn't like my body because the person who abused me sexually and and their friends, the fact that my body responded to abuse, it really messed with my mind. I, I felt like the dirtiest pig that ever lived. Why would I enjoy being molested? I couldn't wrap my brain around that. And so I hated my body. I rejected my body. I wanted nothing to do with it. So the sex change seemed like a, a great idea. I could get away from my body. I could be somebody else. Luca, for 30 years, you were in this uh, lesbian lifestyle, and obviously your story is your story. But do you find that other lesbians along the way had something similar happen to them that kind of drove them along that direction of being a lesbian? Yes, thank you. That's a great question. And that's something that has driven me to find out. You know, I've been doing a lot of research, and I met a lot of people who have come out of transsexualism and homosexuality. And the common thread is there's been something that I would say in the high 90 percentile from what I've gathered, there's been some kind of sexual inappropriateness. Something happened in their life that turned the switch for them. You said something really fascinating, and suddenly there's a connection that's coming to me, is that you were abused, Mm -hmm. and so you're rejecting your body, Mm -hmm. and the so-called counselor said, well, most people just kill themselves. Well, what is death? Death is a separation from the body. So Mm -hmm. people who are struggling with this, they try to get away from who they are as a person. So they change their clothes to match what they're feeling on the inside. And if that's not enough, they change the clothing, the Mm -hmm. body, to match what they feel is inside. It's Mm -hmm. still, I'm trying to get away from this source of pain and Mm -hmm. attack that came to me, the abuse. Mm -hmm. And my guess is, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, is that once somebody crosses that line with the Lord and healing begins, the need to get rid of the body, the need to change, the need to adjust falls away. Yeah, and that's completely where I've been taken to is I was created a woman. God didn't make a mistake. He knows what he's doing. And the more I walk with the Lord, which has been about eight years now, the more I realize God loves me just the way I am. And all of those things, the self-hatred, the self-loathing, the wanting to mutilate myself, they all fell away. And I just, I'm filled with this complete sense of peace. I totally just gave myself to God. I realized that either this God had to be real or it's got to be fake. And if it's real, then it all has to be real. And if it's real, then I had to find out the truth. And so I put myself in his hands and decided the rubber has to meet the road. But truth, Brista, I am just so kind yeah, of in you? shock, yeah. you know, in listening in empathy to, to the story that Luca is sharing. But I think in order for us to go on, I think all three of us probably need a warm-up of our coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll come yeah, right back with more discussion with Luca, and uh, we'll be right back. This is The Truth Barista, your link to how God defines our day. Hi, this is Jay Christensen with High Beam Ministry. I want to thank you for listening to the Truth Barista podcast today, and I want to personally invite you to visit highbeamministry.com, highbeamministry.com, all one word, highbeamministry.com. 
you will find all sorts of resources for your individual study, for your small group study, for your church, for your, you know, if you need a message for a congregational meeting sometime. We've got all sorts of resources. We've got the articles that you can read that are fresh on a weekly basis. We have the Truth Barista podcast that comes up on a weekly basis. I have a Bible study I'm developing called Cruising Through the Bible, which will give you a synopsis of a Bible chapter and help walk you through it to help teach you on a very basic level what it's about. Soon we will be developing video classes that you can access online of entire series of Bible topics and Bible books. Just visit the website, highbeamministry.com. If you're interested in attending an online class with us, just simply email us at highbeamministry at gmail.com. Once again, highbeamministry at gmail.com. All one word, highbeamministry at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Truth is getting harder to find today, but there is no shortage of it here on the Truth Parisa podcast. Spread the word. We deal with the uncompromised truth in every podcast. We are a High Beam Ministry production. All right, everybody's got a fresh steaming cup of joe. Hey, hey. And you are Luca Joe, right? I am Luca Joe. <laughs> with your cup of, cup cup of, of joe right there. Okay, as we were talking, uh, something else came to me is, well, the Truth Barista, our, our little Bible study here, really focuses on the truth of God's Word. And you mentioned truth over and over again, and that truth is the benchmark. It's the foundation. And things need to line up with the truth. But in our culture today, we see people trying to adjust the truth mm-hmm. to line up with their feelings. Yeah. and really in the LGBT movement, they're trying to adjust the outside to match what they're feeling on the inside Mm -hmm. as opposed to dealing with the things on the inside, Mm -hmm. which will adjust the things on the outside. Mm -hmm. Is there specific Bible verses that have really resonated with you through this whole process? Maybe ones that came to you that really kind of became the key to unlocking insights and understanding. He who holds on to his life will lose it, and he who loses it for my sake will find it. How has that affected you? I mean, what did that say to you? It said if I keep living the way that I want to live, that I could end up in hell. That's what it said to me. Just that whole fact that I knew when I started going to church, I knew that there was a separation between me and God. It became really aware to me that something's not right here. If this Bible is true and and I have sin in my life and that keeps me separated from God, then staying living in the life that I have means I'm going to end up in hell. So if I don't do something to change my life... I don't want to go to hell, so either I had to choose my life or I had to choose God. There was like this pressing, like an oil press. And it wasn't God pressuring me, but I knew something wasn't lining up, you know? I just felt something off. It's like, oh God, I I can't live this way. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated from you. I want to be with you. And so if this isn't true, a, a lie, that I can be whoever I want to be, then I'm going to die separated from you. I mean, my pastor took me out to lunch, and him and his wife sat me down, and they said, if you keep living this way, you're going to end up in hell. This is what the Bible says. And I was mad at him, so mad for saying that to me. I thought, you jerk. And because I went home and I tore into my Bible okay. to find the truth. As you tore into your Bible, what was coming to you? that God had a different plan for me. It it just started to reveal to me that God's plan for me is not homosexuality. God's plan for me is to live a life for him, for what he wanted me to live, not what I want to live. That speaks to the power of God because, you know, 30 plus years, I mean, you're pretty saturated and marinated into that lifestyle. I mean, (laughs) you know, you just Mm -hmm. don't change overnight. Yet, Mm -hmm. you walked into church with your friend, you felt the love of God, you felt the forgiveness of God, 
mm-hmm. which made you in right relationship with him. And then God went to work, I think, in bringing conviction, if I can use those terms. I think that happens that way. But you got to get people to get into a situation where they can understand the love of God and mm-hmm. the forgiveness of God first, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, and maybe this is a lack of my mercy gifts inside, is people need to understand what you faced. This is the truth, whether you like it or not. That's right. And once you face the truth, then you say, there needs to be a remedy to where I'm at. And then we have to always attach the love of God to that going. But God does not want you to stay in that position, right? right. right. He has a future and a hope, Mm -hmm. and he has the power to change you. And Mm -hmm. that's the hope of the gospel. That's the hope of what Jesus did. That's right. I have asked the truth barista on other occasions that in the course of someone coming out from the gay lifestyle, do they continue to have the urges that they had before? Maybe they just manage them. I I don't Mm -hmm. know. What what is it like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that we all struggle with whatever it is we come out of. An alcoholic struggles with alcohol. A person who gave in to the temptation of a murderous spirit wants to do that, you know. So for me, the enemy is real, and he wanted to stop my anointing. And so he's going to continue to bring things up in my life to try to tempt me back into that old lifestyle. So for me, I had to say, okay, well, which do I love more? <laughs> do I love my life unto death, or do I love what God has for me over here. So the truth is, what I have with Jesus is so much grander than what I could ever conjure up to be as what I thought was a good life, which wasn't. The love that I had for God, because he loved me first, just became my heart's desire. Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, what I heard was, in spite of the desires and temptations in your life... Mm You can keep these things within God's boundaries and do what God wants you to do because now you have the power to do it. Yeah. Is that correct? Right. I mean, I have thoughts. Sometimes I'll go into a store and and I'll hear this little voice, oh, you should steal that. And sometimes I get really angry, and I, I sometimes I really do think about, oh, I would just like to punch that person. So do we have to give in to those things? No, we don't. But if you give in to it, then you give yourself over to that. You become what you behold. But the gospel says, give up your life. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've been through. The gospel calls you to be dead to self. And Larry, you and I were talking about this, and we got into quite a discussion on this. And my point of view is some people saying, well, a sexual desire is a bad thing, so I need to deny sexual desires. Well, no, the sexual desire was given to mankind, and God said it was very good. In fact, he looked at Adam and Eve and said, okay, now multiply. Sorry, you can't multiply and fill the earth without the sexual desire. But the question that we were debating back and forth is, with a desire, a desire is not inherently wrong. It's how you satisfy that desire. Mm -hmm. And in homosexuality, that's a wrong way of doing it. For a heterosexual, out Outside of marriage or through pornography or these mm-hmm. other, or even lustful thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's out of boundaries. So we're all in the same boat, even though God says the homosexual desires are particularly egregious way of satisfying it. Mm-hmm. We are all in the same boat. We all have to struggle with the desires in our lives. Mm-hmm. We all need God's truth to transform us and keep us on track. That's right. Luca, it seems to me that it almost seemed like a seamless transition for you, and I'm sure to some degree, maybe. But I would think there was some struggles along the way, especially early on. That little voice, your former life uh, voices came back and tried to say, well, this isn't real, Luca. You are who you are. You were born this way. So don't try to change it. Did that happen to you? 
you know, when I started going to the university and they said I had a gender dysphoria and I said what to do about it and they said have a sex change, I said, what do I have to do? And they said, first you have to live seven years in the opposite role, you know, so I went and changed my name and then you qualify for hormone treatment. And then after that, then you are qualified to have a sex change. And so I never proceeded beyond the name change, but I did legally change my name, lived as a male. And then I was always very excited about going on hormone treatment, but there was something in me and I didn't know what it was but something kept me from ever going forward and I didn't know what that was I just knew for some reason I'm feeling not to do this not to go further so I decided well maybe I should listen to this you know I just didn't have that desire to go any further truth barista this has been a great conversation so far but I think we're coming to the end because our lunch rush is coming up so we're probably gonna have to carry Luca over until the next time you can come back right I'd love to yeah so I think that would be helpful for uh, today Uh, give us a summary of what you've been hearing so we kind of walk away with some real keen ideas about uh, Luca's story and and what God did for her well check me if I'm wrong, but what I've been hearing from you, Luca, and as we've talked about in the past, is that no person has been set in stone. And despite what we feel, God's truth reveals what is, Mm -hmm. as opposed to what we think is. Mm -hmm. And it is possible for a person who, granted, may be broken through circumstances Mm -hmm. to have the light of God's truth shine on them and say, no, that is not reality. This is reality. Mm -hmm. And now I give you the power to come into my reality out of your fantasy. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of a correct assessment? Yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we're right down here near Big Brain University, and there is a very large LGBT movement at the university, and we see it all over in our society, and we need people to get this help that they need because many people are broken through sin, whether it's through same-sex attractions or whether it's through drug addictions or any other things that have traumatized our lives and led us into sin. Mm -hmm. You know, I just love this story from Luca because I think Luca represents, to me, from hearing her story, is a story of hope. Yes. And people need hope because so many people people are strung out on the idea that things can never change. This is the way they are. And Luca is a breath of fresh air to say, no, that's not true because with God, everything is possible. Now you know why I brought her in to introduce you. Oh, I am so, I can't wait till next week. You know, Truth Barista, in today's world, we don't know who to trust. And so it's very important that there are ministries we trust because there's so many fake ministries out there. But one ministry that has become a part of the Truth Barista is Bridges for Peace. Tell us about it. Bridges for Peace is one of my favorite ministries. They are a ministry that helps connect Christians with Israel and to build relationships between Christians and Jews around the world. If you want to find out more about them, you can go to the bridgesforpeace.com site that It's all one word, Bridges for Peace. And the info is constantly changing there. You get news updates of what's going on in Israel and around the world. Great teachings, fresh every month. Wonderful updates on cultural things that are happening and need to go there on a weekly basis at least. So tell you what, why don't you email me at thetruthbarista at gmail.com, thetruthbarista at gmail.com, and let me know you've been to the site and what you think. And by the way, email them and tell them that you appreciate their support for the Truth Barista Podcast. That's all, folks. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista Podcast.
the best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.